Luna, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Man, I got messed up here. Uh, <laughs> we come to you uh, uh, each week, five days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Where are your daily distraction while the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today? We come to you on a plethora, uh, a huge amount of uh, platforms, including but not limited to ComedySchoolsRadio.com, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, SoundCloud, Mixler, Facebook Live, and Spotify. Living on a thin line. By the way, go to Spotify and please subscribe to our channel. Uh, that'll help us out. I'm not sure how it'll help us out, but it will help us out. Okay? So uh, please go ahead and do that. I've been up since like 5 a.m. Uh, and there's no good reason for it. I'll tell you why I got up at 5 a.m. Because it's like 2 now. And I tried to take a brief nap, but it only lasted about a half hour. Because um, it is so... It's like rotten hot in Arizona right now. Not just hot. Not that pristine, dry hot that uh, I find somewhat appealing in Arizona. One of the reasons I love the desert because it's so flat and pure and clean. Not that one little tiny bit, but like putrid, stanky, uh, uh, rotting garbage hot. It's like a little humid, but uh, just humid enough to like stir up uh, a dead animal plant matter, you know, so that uh, uh, it's not, it, it's like I got up at five and it was 89. I got up at 5 and it was 89. I finally got the dog out. But at this point of the year, by the time I got out, it was like 92. I, go, I can handle 92. Okay? Well, we got out and it was like a sweaty, smelly, hot. It was a swelly, swelly, smelly, 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 smelly. I'm inventing new words. Hot. And uh, even the dog didn't want to go that far. I was like, all right, I'm good. We got outside. The main thing is that we just get out the front door, baby. That's all. The dog's like going to turn back early. You're like, hey, look, man, the main thing is we just kind of got outside and we kind of just feel alive a little bit. We don't need to be out here exercising. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Let's go back and uh, uh, rub our, uh, scratch our backs on the floor and maybe you can rub my belly and uh, give me some dog treats, man. I don't need to be out here. Uh, the other thing is, I, my dog is a pretty big dog. He's a, what they call a mid-sized dog, Roscoe. He's about 70, 80 pounds. He's an older, he's an older man now. And when I'm walking him down the street, uh, I've got an extendo leash so that he can run a little bit so he's not yanking on me all the time, you know? But people will come up behind us without going, hey, I'm behind you. Uh, you can say what you want about Los Angeles, California, and how it's all full of fruits and nuts and weirdos. And, uh, uh, you can say what you want, but always in Los Angeles, if someone's coming up behind you on a bicycle... They will shout out behind you. So you're now aware that a non-mechanized, high-speed, thin piece of metal with a human body on it is about to pass you at about 25 miles an hour faster than you're moving, which if you two were to collide could cause serious injury or death to both. They will do that in Los Angeles. It is part of the culture of Los Angeles. But here in Arizona, somehow people on bicycles just feel like I don't know who the hell they think they are. Do you think they're, you know, Mary Poppins? They're just like, loo-dee-doo, loo-dee-doo, loo-dee-doo. I'm on a bicycle, don't you know? And they'll ride right back by an 80 to 90 pound dog, all right? And a guy so close. And look, dogs, 
like the Chase tires. And Roscoe, and also Roscoe, a dog's like Roscoe and a lot of other dogs, their primary purpose in their mind is to protect you. Cats, by the way, think that, you know, you're their equal or that they're better than you. They really do. And it's not putting cats down because I have cats. But cats don't think they're your pets. They think you're, they're your equals. Okay. Um, but dogs think that their job is to protect you, man. They're like, dogs are like the secret service for everybody. All right. And by the way, like the secret service, they won't get drunk and sleep with prostitutes in South America. So <laughs> dogs think they protect you. So if someone comes whizzing by on a bicycle, they're going to pop out at you. Are people who are, here's the other thing. There's a bike lane in my neighborhood, in my neighborhood, all over my neighborhood. There's a bike lane. Yet people will insist on riding their bicycles on the sidewalk. And I've talked to people and they go, I don't trust that bike lane. Then don't ride a goddamn bike, okay? That's what the bike lane's for. Sidewalk is for walking. It's not for skateboards. It's not for bicycles. It's not for unicycles, okay? I haven't seen anybody on a unicycle yet. But I think a guy on a unicycle is probably smart enough to go, I'm not going to do anything to fuck things up. Things can go really bad rapidly when you're on a unicycle, like especially if you're juggling. And I've yet to see in my neighborhood anybody riding a unicycle, unicycle juggling. But I bet you if they did, they would be in the bike lane if they were coming up on an 80 to 90 pound dog on an extendo leash. There we go. Behind you on a unicycle. You know? What did John Cowan? Uh, we have a, a group that joins us on Facebook Live every day. Uh, how this show works uh, when I'm not incensed about uh, people's bad behavior around my good dog uh, the, way, the way this show works, we go for 30 minutes and only 30 minutes um, because we're not selling any freedom seeds or supplements. Okay, we're, we're not telling you where to buy your gold. We're not telling you who, whose water treatment we use in our home. It's, just, it's always just lying sacks of crap. Hey, Dick Longmouth here, uh, your friendly neighborhood disc jockey, and uh, you know that the water that comes out of the tap will cause your penis to fall off. Well, who wants that? Not me, Dick. You're darn right you don't. So listen, you might want to get your water treated by some totally untested and unregulated piece of shit that you hook up to your faucet. Now, the one that I use, and then they try to sell you the thing. Okay? They try to sell you the thing. All right? I've been drinking tap water my entire life, and I've got more hair than 80% of the people my age. So eat me. Um, that's what I had to say today. I forgot I was, I was getting mad about, oh, why, how, how the show works. <laughs> so only 30 minutes. We don't have any commercials. No commercial interruptions. So uh, we go 30 minutes. At the end of each uh, 30 minutes, we will recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Uh, sometimes we have some knickknack or father raw or thingamajig or thingamabob or autograph memorabilia or comic book that we bought at like Mr. E's Comics. One of the coolest comic book stores in the world. They don't pay me to say that. I just like these guys a lot. They're right here in Maricopa. Uh, they also have a website, Mr. East Comics. If you like to, uh, just if you like to look at pictures of old comic books. And I, I think something about the art of uh, 1940s through 1960s, 70s comic books just so appeals to me. Um, uh, I'll have something like that that I'll show you. We we'll try to weave a personal story around. I've got one of those today. i got one. I got you, got you, got, I got you covered. If you were, I hope Joe Gannon's watching because he's my buddy and he collects comic books as well. And he's got some good ones, man. So um, the most important part of this show 
obviously, if you're listening to me, you go, this man needs help. And I have a lot of help. Uh, people that watch us on Facebook Live, many of whom we've known for a long time, we call the living on a thin line gangbang gangers. Bangers. Gangbang bangers. Gangbang bangers. Because they bang on the keyboard and they put in questions or comments. And you can too. You could be a gangbang banger too. They put in questions or comments and we try to the best of our ability to answer the questions or uh, comment on their comment. Uh, John Cowan says uh, that here in Arizona, people on bicycles, they cut you off. Uh, here they cut off a 6,900 pound SUV and then flip them off. They do. Now, I will say this about bicyclists, okay? They have a right to the road in Los Angeles in a lot of places, okay? But they have to follow the rules of the road. They have to follow the rules of the road. My daughter was in a bicycle accident because the guy was going the wrong way uphill on a blind curve. So that guy, uh, we could justifiably call an asshole. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She was under the speed limit. She was wearing a helmet. But these people who want to zip right by Roscoe and I and then kind of look at me like, whoa, when Roscoe kind of jumps at him, it's on you, baby. It's on you, baby. Baby, baby, baby. That's what I say. Uh, Johnny Jello says, uh, we bang gang. That's right. We bang gang. Paul Whitney, uh, one of the original uh, living on a thin line gangbang banger, says, uh, oh, that's why you call us gangbangers. I thought it was something else. Well, no, uh, Paul. I mean, you are an attractive man, but no. Uh, by the way, I got a little announcement here that uh, uh, Paul Whitney, Paul, if you're watching, uh, will be uh, July 30th, July 30th, 2022 at Vito's Restaurant uh, on Lindsay Road. Uh, and I think it, it's great Italian food. I think it's the best food, Italian food this side of Mulberry Street. If you don't know what I, you're, I'm talking about when I say that, then... Uh, uh, I don't know what to say to you. You just need professional help. Best Italian food this side of Mulberry Street. Um, the next best food on the other side of Mulberry Street is actually in Italy. Uh, we have a once-a-month comedy show there now going on its 10th year. Matt Broom is the headliner. Bob Kubota doing a guest set. Tony Vizic, DJ Payne, Liz Friesius, and Paul Whitney. Paul Whitney will be doing a five-minute guest set. Paul Whitney's been on some sort of long vacation uh, around the world or around the country. And we haven't seen his face for a while. Uh, we've seen his face, but uh, we haven't been able to get in his face. So uh, we'll be able to see him July 30th. So, hey, if you, uh, if you like delicious Italian food and uh, you want to hear some of the best comedy in the world in one of the coolest spots in the world, the closest you'll get to a New York comedy club in Phoenix is uh, Vito's Comedy in a Cellar once a month, last Saturday of every month. Tickets available at vitos.bam, B-A-M-M, tickets. Com. I just said we don't have any advertisements, but this is my advertisement. This is for stuff that I produce and promote. It's not Freedom Seeds. Hey, you're going to need that Freedom Seed garden for when the zombie apocalypse happens because everybody got the, got the vaccination. Everybody who got the vaccination is going to turn into a robot. We are robots. We are robots. And when it happens, you're going to have to grow your own arugula. So just contact me, Glenn Beck, and I'll sell you Freedom Seeds. And then I'll use the money to buy... Uh, uh, too much food at Olive Garden so I can make my face fatter than it is. Um, Paul Whitney said Vito is much better than Olive Garden. You know what? You know what? The shit, the dumpster behind uh, McDonald's may be better than Olive Garden. You know, it's not that Olive Garden's food is a bad food, but it's kind of insulting because it's, it's Italian fast food, you know, inside a, a Denny's-like establishment. 
It's Italian fat. Like, if I go into Denny's, I expect, you know, pretty dull food. It's Denny's. I'd eaten in a million Denny's when I was a road comic. I'm going to put them down. By the way, what I eat at Denny's for years was a Grand Slam breakfast in the morning, patty melt jumbo at night. And, I mean, I lived on that shit, man. Grand Slam breakfast in the morning, patty melt jumbo at night. Because I love the way they fry their onions. It's not everything at Denny's is bad. It just I've eaten at so many Denny's that when I drive by it, I uh, I start getting uh, uh, my my stomach starts uh, doing flip flops. It does. But uh, Olive Garden, you eat there, you go with most restaurants, and especially when it comes to cheap Italian restaurants. Okay, what you're eating mostly, what keeps you shoveling that crap inside your maw. Okay, is salt and butter. Salt and fat. Fat and salt. They should call it fault. You're just shoveling stuff in that the people that make diabetic medication, I think that they uh, own stock in a lot of these cheap uh, 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 chain restaurants. Just fat and salt. So when I eat Olive Garden, all I taste is salt. Like, yeah. I'm like, I feel like a, you know, I, here's, I, I think if you eat at Olive Garden enough, you like all of a sudden players are going, because you turn into a cow just tongue in a salt lick. That, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Paul Whitney tongue a salt lick. And I, you know what? That's not weird. That's not weird. And by the way, in this world, nothing is weird anymore. Here, I just be buttoned to myself. By the way, if you do leave a question or comment, we find it uh, completely uh, egregious or innocuous or uh, overly juvenile, you will get the B button. So I just B-button myself for saying that I want to see Paul Whitney tongue of salt lick. Joe Gannon is here. Joe Gannon is a friend of ours. A lot of these people are very funny comics. Uh, some of them local, some of them national, but they watch on a regular basis. So I've got something I want to show you guys, and I feel bad, uh, and I mean that, for people on Spotify right now and for people on uh, the other platforms who don't see the visual. But I've got here in my, con in my hand from 1947 a Joe Palooka comic book. So here, I'm going to put that a little closer for Joe. Joe, It's Joe Palooka. Okay. This is a Joe Palooka comic book. Now published every month. This is number 11, July 1947. Uh, it was a 10-cent comic book put together by Ham Fisher. So I'll put it a little closer. I'm going to put this up on the Facebook page today too. So those of you that are on Spotify and SoundCloud and Mixler, please go to Facebook, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H. Uh, you don't have to be my friend to uh, uh, see what I post, but uh, you can uh, friend me, and then you get to see uh, more of what I post. So uh, Joe Gannon says, while my dad's favorite, Joe Palooka was uh, a major star in the world of uh, animation from sometime in the 1920s all the way up to 1984. So who was Joe Palooka? Joe Palooka was, uh, um, uh, he was a big... You see right here, he looks kind of blonde. This one's torn up a little bit on the nose. Big blonde-haired guy with a cowlick, who was a lovable guy, who uh, would always like protect little people, <coughs> little uh, people from uh, uh, bullies. Uh, uh, he wasn't that smart, but he was honest, and he had ethics and integrity, and he kind of embodied uh, kind of like the American ideals of the time. Uh, Finally, kind of, and Joe Palooka was so such a part of uh, American pop culture and American 
culture that he, um, uh, the name Palooka was often referenced in other media and, uh, for instance, in um, uh, in On the Waterfront, there's a, a, a line going, and I got a one-way ticket to Palookaville. Uh, you know, you, you probably heard this in movies. People go, what are you, a Palooka? Meaning, what are you, dumb? Are you a big dumb guy? Is that what you are? So uh, to be a Palooka meant that you were a, a dumb guy. But Joe Palooka was actually a good guy. He was actually a good guy. Now, Joe Palooka, the comic book I so showed you, was not primarily a comic book character. He was a comic strip character. So if you were like me and you grew up with uh, uh, the newspaper being thrown on your uh, front porch or front lawn, our front step every morning in our house was the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the Globe Democrat as well, but probably, probably St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, you know, newspapers, I can't believe I have to explain this, but the newspaper is pretty much gone. Uh, there was a section that was the uh, hard news, you know, with the headlines. There was a section that uh, used to be called the women's section. Later on, it was called everyday living. Uh, there was a sports section, editorial section, and a comic section. And you had all these uh, little three and four uh, uh, panel comics. Uh, Dagwood and uh, Charlie Brown and Pogo. And uh, uh, before my time, uh, but it's still in some newspapers when I was around, Joe Palooka was a comic strip character that was loved by America. Now here's a weird, interesting thing about Joe Palooka. The guy who created him, uh, Ham Fisher, I believe, um, from the time he created him in the 1920s, used to change his look on a regular basis to mirror whoever was heavyweight champion of the world at the time. You know? So, if it was Jim Jeffries, although I think Jim Jeffries would have been before his time, you know, uh, or anything, anyone like that, he would kind of change the face of Joe Palooka to mirror the heavyweight champion of the world until, until Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber, became heavyweight champion of the world in 1936, I believe, when he defeated Max Schmeling. So... Once the heavyweight champion of the world was a black guy, then Ham went, all right, well, I can't make Joe a black guy. Uh, uh, the right or wrongness of that, I'll leave uh, for everyone to debate. It's just a simple, odd irony, uh, a product of the times. It doesn't mean anything about Ham Fisher. He just had a character that could not magically change their skin color overnight. So then he uh, permanently kind of sat on the... Uh, sort of blonde, what was a stereotypical, probably wrong stereotype, uh, sort of Swedish look. Uh, the blonde-haired, good-natured, uh, big-jawed guy with the uh, permanent cowlick. Uh, Kelly Wilson, my uh, dear old friend from oh so many years ago, has uh, opined in saying, Beetle Bailey, Beetle Bailey. I do have some Beetle Bailey comic books. Beetle Bailey was a comic strip character. Some of you read, uh, uh, and there were color ones, and there were black and white ones. Okay, and on Sunday, sometimes they had more panels, and they were bigger panels. That was kind of cool. Joe Gannon says, uh, in reference to Joe Palooka, uh, there's quite a story about a beef between Ham Fisher and Al Cap. Al Cap, who created, of course, Little Abner, another great um, uh, comic strip that was in uh, your daily and weekend newspapers. And uh, I don't know if you want to tell it to me when I talk to you tonight, Joe, or if you want to, if you something you could type out quickly now, but I would love to know that. 
So I picked that up. It cost me like 20 bucks. I picked this up in another store. I picked this up in a sort of a high-end antique store that doesn't really sell comic books. They had this Joe Palooka. And by the way, if you're listening on Spotify or uh, SoundCloud or Mixer, just put it in Google and look it up. And you get to see someone who was uh, as popular then as any comic is now. And, of course, those comics were interesting because now we've got a really kind of a stratification in entertainment where things are made specifically for little children and specifically for adults. But in those days, a comic had to appeal to both adults and children, whether it was Bugs Bunny when you went and saw uh, uh, little short films at the movies before the main event at the movie, or whether it was a comic strip in your daily newspaper. So uh, anyway, that is our, um, that's our comic, our little comic story of the day. I'm staying away from anything big and hairy today. I just don't feel like talking big and hairy today. I just don't. You know, I complained about the weather. I complained about people that ride their bikes too close to my dog. I told you about Joe Palooka. I told you about Vito's Restaurant. Hey, I don't know if you saw this. Okay, I'm going to hold this up. And once again, uh, if you're on um, Spotify, you can't see it, and I feel bad for you. But this is, uh, bam, copy of Pinal Now, the monthly uh, news magazine out here in Pinal County where I live, right uh, right across the border from Maricopa County. Just, uh, we're just about 15, 16 miles from uh, Greater Phoenix. Uh this is Pinal Now. And that is a picture of me and Ralph, who is the owner of the roast. Comedy night at the roast. So it's taken me a long time to get the cover of a magazine, but there I am. I think that uh, this is hotter than being on Playgirl magazine. So I'm on that. That's, that's what uh, moving to Arizona has done for me. It's allowed me, to, it's allowed me where I can afford to buy uh, vintage Joe Palooka comic books, and I'm on the cover of magazines. I never made the cover of Rolling Stone. I'm thinking about canceling my Rolling Stone subscription. Not because I'm like, but I, I know so little about what they're talking about or writing about. Okay? And I do like a lot of new music. But, um, and I've listened to Megan The Stallion and Cardi B, you know, uh, two of the uh, more latest. And, and I go, all right, that's good. It's got a good beat. I can get it. If I was, you know, between 15 and 25, I would dance to this. You know? But it's just uh, an in-depth article on... Um, on them, uh, just, um, you know, uh, I kind of lost track. I, I was able to pick up pick up the pace right around uh, the time of the Killers, the Las Vegas group, you know. Um, just, they're not really talking about bands that I listen to, you know. So, uh, all right, and, and by the way, since they got sold to the same guys that own uh, uh, race cars or something, uh, and Rolling Stone has been sold, Jan Werner doesn't own it anymore. It's just not the magazine it once was. So, uh Perhaps if I was 15, 16, 17, 18, I'd go, wow, this is the cutting edge in uh, music today. But uh, Rolling Stone was primarily about music. It was being listened to by young America in the 60s and 70s, into the 80s, maybe possibly even in the 90s. And it still is. But uh, it was primarily about rock music. And it's just not about that anymore. Paul Whitney asked uh, on Pinal now if there's a centerfold. Well, you'll just have to get a copy of the magazine to find out. You just have to get a copy of a magazine and see if there's a, a centerfold, a Burt Reynolds-style centerfold when we put my hand over Johnson. You just have to take a look. That'll sell some magazines. Tony Visick puts his hand over his Johnson as a centerfold spread in a monthly family magazine. What's this country coming to? God damn it! 
Hey, um, we got stuff going coming on this coming up this week, and I want to tell you about uh, if you're in the greater Phoenix area. I got stuff, man. I got stuff, and I ain't kidding around. Starting mañana, that's when uh, that's when our entertainment week kicks in big for you. Our entertainment week kicks in big for you. Uh, starting tomorrow night, two shows starting simultaneously. How can that be? Well, we use different comics. Um, right out here in Maricopa at the Roost. Uh, at the place owned by the man who's on the cover of that magazine with me. Uh, we got Tara Shakespeare, DJ Payne, Tony Visick, the whole uh, ComedySchools.com gang. 90-minute uh, show. It is live, local, fun, and free. Live, local, fun, and free. Uh, if you happen to be in the greater Maricopa area, uh, come on over. The food's great. The atmosphere is fun. And the comics are, are bust, bust the gut funny. They're bust the gut funny. So, uh... Pop on down if you're in the greater Maricopa area. Who wants to on a Thursday night and went to drive all the way into like downtown Phoenix or something? Not me. Not me at all. So uh, we've got comedy for you right here, right here in town. You don't have to go anywhere. You got comedy right here in town. Why are you going for? So we got that for you. Uh, but simultaneously, uh, up in the big city area, uh, north of us, in Gilbert, Arizona. And when you think comedy, you think Gilbert, Arizona. And when you think Gilbert, Arizona... You think JP's Comedy Club. We've got Kurt Matthews shows kicking it off. Kicking it off, motherfuckers. Tonight, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, two shows, 7 to 9. Saturday, two shows, 7 to 9. Let me tell you something about JP's. It sells out a lot. So get your tickets in advance at jpscomedyclub.com. And then Sunday, 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 Sunday. Ba, 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 da. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, we've got round five. Of the funniest comic in the valley taking place at JP's Comedy Club. So uh, pop on over there, and I will be down there and come up and say hi. Come up and go hi, uh, and I'll say hi back. And then you can ask me, hey, were you in a centerfold? And no, John Cowan. Um, John Cowan says maybe I should read Tiger Beat. <laughs> That makes me nostalgic for Sean Cassidy, which makes me want to ram my head through a wall. Um, I'll be there Sunday night, round five. We've already got four in the books. There's only two more preliminary rounds left before we go into the semifinals. So you're to see the finest the Valley's got to offer. Tomorrow stars today. Pop on over to JP's Comedy Club Sunday night, uh, where I will be for uh, round five of Funniest Comic in the Valley. We got all that stuff going for you. Uh, all right, let me see what I got here. Let's see what I got here. Something for you right here, right now in the world of music. Uh, somebody who came along when I was yet well into adulthood, okay, and it was a different type of music, and it wasn't my music, but the guy was great, and he was uh, considered new wave, okay? Not new age, but new wave, okay? But just kind of took the world by storm because this guy understood what rock was all about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second album by Billy Idol called Rebel Yell. Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. So how do you best describe a Billy Idol? So he was from England, so he was English. But um, I think I think you could best describe him as, uh, as Billy Idol idolized Elvis Presley. Uh, he had the sneer. He had the uh, curled lip. He had the moves. Uh, he had the, uh, the low uh, kind of warbling croon. Uh, only it was a modern version. It was a punk rock version of Elvis Presley, and his first hit was, uh, his first uh, uh, album was big, but this one was a monster on this album, 
was a rebel yell. With a rebel yell, she cried more and more. Eyes without a face. Uh, but a flesh for fantasy. So a lot of it's creepy stuff. Okay, those were the three big songs off of off of Rebel Yell. Uh, the song Rebel Yell, Eyes Without a Face, and Flesh for Fantasy. So um, he was everywhere, and he was great. And his last big song was Rock the Cradle of Love, which was kind of an homage to Elvis. All right, It was later on, he said, well, that was my homage to Elvis. I was actually just doing Elvis with that song. Hot song, Rock the Cradle of Love. Not our, today, we're, of course, going to go with... Uh, Rebel Yell, because it it's a hot rocker. Even if you didn't like it. I don't like all that new wave music. All that British, you don't like that new wave music. Even if you didn't like it, you probably uh, kind of moved around a little bit to Rebel Yell. So, um, it was him and a guy named Steve Stevens. I believe that's right. Yeah. Uh, they got together. He was the guitarist. He was the front man. They very much had a sort of a, that same sort of vibe that we had with uh, Mick and Keith. Uh, or with... Uh, 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 the guys in Aerosmith or the guys in Guns N' Roses with uh, the Sex Machine uh, lead singer and then the uh, quiet uh, kind of sullen guitarist. So, uh, Romeo was great. Uh, Billy Idol, of course, like so many great pop stars, had drug and alcohol problems to the point where uh, he kind of dropped off the face of the earth right when he was at his zenith. It was because he was in a terrible, terrible car, uh, uh, motorcycle accident. Where he ran a red light, I believe, in Hollywood. Might have been near Hollywood and Fairfax. Uh, near, uh, not too far from uh, where I lost a good friend in a motorcycle accident a few years before, who also was a heroin addict. Uh, brilliant young actor you will never hear of, named Randy Roca. Uh, Randy was, uh, his career was all in front of him. Billy Heidel was at the zenith of his career when uh, he got plowed by a car because he ran a red light and had to have a steel rod put in his leg and lost some incredible acting opportunities. Uh, in the movie The Doors and Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, I, think he, I think he did well enough with what he had done up to then that uh, the guy's not living in a studio apartment in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right, uh, still plays some tours. Uh, finally, supposedly kicked heroin in 2014. And we wish him all the best because he brought us a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And that's all that that type of music was to me. But man, it was fun. Brought us a lot of fun with his souped up punk rock version of Elvis Presley. So, uh, listen to it. Uh, Don Shell says that he loves his version of Moni Moni. Yeah, he had a hot version of Moni Moni, too. So, uh, the guy could put together, he could put together a pop song while still not alienating people who thought music should be real and shit. One of those rare, rare artists who has uh, pop appeal while being authentic to himself. So, uh, that's our show for the day, man. I want to thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals there's something new to do at 2 on Facebook Live and Spotify. Please subscribe on Spotify. Please subscribe on Spotify. And if you do that, I will be back tomorrow with more thrilling tales from yesteryear right here on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.